All right, here we go. It's Doc Talk time with Dr. Jenna Burton. I'm at the Rove Hotel, and Jenna is somewhere in the metaverse. <laughs> we have not connected this way in, in quite a while, but you know what? I, I, I think this is the way to be doing a lot of these podcasts. You don't have to be in the same room. You just have to have a, a, a decent a decent internet connection, and away you go. And there's no excuse. We have no excuse for even a, a five minute chat. It's it's nice to be in the same room, James. It is. I no, I I agree with you. I agree with you. It is it is very nice, but but this is convenient. It, it is. This is life. This is modern day life. Well, and this is this is part of the real challenge, isn't it? Because in in the workflow of things, we've gone pre pandemic pandemic where everything changed, and now. We're getting pulled back into the old way of doing things. Everyone back in the office and no more Zooms and total accountability. And we want to see your face. And I think there's a happy medium in there somewhere. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because in one way, I think it's nice that people are getting pulled back into the office. I'm a big believer in the fact of we should have community. We should have physical contact. We should be seeing people face to face. However, there is certainly a convenience for, yeah. and especially it's quite facilitating for family life to do things via Zoom. Yeah. So I think to take the best of both is ideal. However, yeah. COVID cases are increasing for sure. And <sighs> I yeah, all t- these vaccinations we've had have just seemed to, to mute the COVID down a little bit and yeah. reducing symptoms, but it's certainly still as prevalent. So I, on the show notes, I said, let's just do a general grab bag catch up. And you wrote, this makes me very nervous because we could be going off madly in all sorts of directions. <laughs> it's true. How can I prepare when you take me in crazy different directions we, and no doctor knows everything about everything. Oh, so I, I never know what you're going to come up with. <laughs> so I, I do want to start off with something and I, it, where we are in the world of COVID because if you listen to the World Health Organization, if you listen to country-specific representatives, they're all saying the same thing. They're saying, look, we've got a handle on things kind of, sort of, but we are not out of the woods. And there's there's this fatigue. We've got the, the COVID fatigue now where people are tired of wearing masks. They're not wearing them indoors for sure, a lot of people. And anywhere you look, the numbers are starting to creep up. And this this is worrisome. I find this really, really worrisome that somehow in people's minds, they, they've just sort of said, oh, we don't need it. And the, the follow-up with that, and because I'd love to get your thoughts on the masking stuff, is I was reading an article from Canada, and the, the folks over there, Dr. Isaac Bogosh, which I love this guy. I, I hope I can get an interview with Dr. Isaac Bogosh. He's kind of like been the voice of COVID for me. And he's, uh, he's in Toronto, just, just a great guy. And, and he's like no nonsense. He's like yourself. He just cuts right through all of the nonsense, and this is the way it is. But... The big issue that, that everyone's talking about is flu. Holds and flu in the summer are, are not very common in Canada. The numbers are on the rise because suddenly people aren't wearing masks. Yes. People are sneezing. They're coughing. They're passing on all the stuff that we weren't getting because we had an extra filter. And I'm thinking, keep the masks on. <laughs> Just keep them on. People aren't doing it. Yeah, it's a controversial topic, isn't it, James, for sure? I don't know because... why it's controversial. Wear your mask when you're inside around people. I don't know what the controversy is. What, what do you think is controversial? I think it's controversial. I think because, for sure, the masks help reduce the spread of infection. 
yeah. to a degree. And again, that is even controversial as to how much it helps prevent the spread. However, I also am a big believer in nonverbal communication. Oh, yeah. I really... So you like to hug is what you're saying. You know I'm a hugger. I'm a yeah. hugger. I believe in this physical contact. Yeah. And from a medical perspective, a purely clinical medical perspective, of course, wear masks, wear PPE, you know, personal protective equipment. That's undoubtable. And I think in many ways it should stay within the, the healthcare setting forever, and it probably will now. But when I'm with patients and I'm having maybe more difficult conversations with them, the mask is a barrier and it prevents full empathy being shown. I don't know why yeah. my mouth, you know, yeah, is yeah. showing empathy rather than my eyes, but, you know, it does prevent physical, what's the word I'm looking for? It prevents communication. There's a lot of research, I think, at the moment going into how children are learning communication during the COVID times, especially those that are very, very young because their experience of the world is totally different to yours and mine growing up where we could see everybody's face. So I don't know. There's an element that is clinical and there's an element that is mental health, a little bit more wishy-washy in a sense that, not wishy-washy, but I think psychiatrists will have a lot to say about it. So I, uh, I and maybe even, even if it's not now in the future. I, I think the element oh my gosh, James, we have to cut this. We can't ever let a psychiatrist hear that I said wishy washy. I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm gonna keep that on. We're gonna put that on replay. Thanks, that's thanks. Good. that's my reputation mood. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is this is my thing, is I anecdotal or not, the number of people who are sneezing coughing, all of that stuff, because people were wearing, even if they were wearing dirty blue masks that they were wearing all day long, and everyone knows that they only last for about 20 minutes, if that, but mm-hmm. the, even it, it just created a little bit of a barrier for the spread of a lot of, you know, when, when we talk, we spit, and there's a lot of, a lot of aerosols happen. So I, I think that clearly these things work. And I, I get what you're saying with the communication issues, and this is this is a big challenge. But I I I really feel like for our 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 physical health moving forward, with so many other things going on, colds, flus, who knows what else is in the air. I think people were a lot healthier wearing masks. And if we had buildings that had decent airflow, maybe it wouldn't be such an issue. But we live in a lot of buildings that the airflow and the air quality is pretty poor. And because of that, having a mask on really does help, I think, with the spread of everything. Forget, not even COVID, just colds and flus. So I'm, I'm a big advocate. Keep the masks on. I know, I know you are. And let's remind ourselves that <laughs> you do have... And I'm a communication <laughs> professor, so I get the lack of communication that happens. You, James, are a communication professor who also has a touch of OCD. <laughs> So let's let's remind ourselves that you are the man that cleans his seats on the train yeah. or, or on the airplane before he sits down. Almost a whole bottle. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. But it also means that your viewpoint on it will also be <laughs> ever so slightly more extreme than other people. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm absolutely not. And gosh, I would be crucified as a healthcare professional if I said we should we should stop sure. masks. In fact, the CDC are encouraging people to start wearing masks in public places again because we're now having an outbreak of monkeypox. Yeah. And, you know, generally, although they say in many countries, 
that you don't need to wear a mask, it's still encouraged that you should wear a mask. So yeah. we know that the masks are there for a reason. We know that the masks are helpful to a degree stopping spread of infection. However, coughs and colds and, you know, fluy type symptoms are something that come and go regularly. In Dubai, you actually tend to get it year round. It doesn't tend to be as seasonal. And I think that's got something to do with the air conditioning that's here. But I would love to know the science behind how important it is to build your immune system. I find what's scary about COVID is that it's a bit of a Russian roulette. Some people will get horrendous symptoms. Other people would be completely asymptomatic. And that's what's scary about the spread. And, and I know like, people, Jen, I'm going to interrupt you. I know a person who's had it three times. And I'm going, yeah. how is that possible? I know how it's possible. We'll talk about that in a second. But it's how is that possible? You can keep going now. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, some people have been triple jabbed, whatever, and they maybe they had Sinopharm, and then they had Pfizer, yeah. and then they had their booster jab, and they've still gone on to get COVID. But with regards to coughs and colds, it's like when children go to the nursery, and they're often bringing their, their children in. They're saying, oh, they've got another cough. They've got another cold. What can I do? And it's like, look, this is part of the process of building an immune system. And I wonder if we do impose masks so strongly going forward and, and let's face it none of us really know yeah. will that actually end up having a detrimental effect long term to our immune system and i don't know the answer to that but it's it's um i think quite a logical question that i'm sure immunologists in the world are looking into at the moment I, and i think just the general you know all of the hand sanitizer we've been using a lot of, mm-hmm. I mean, of course we want a hand wash and the, the thing i loved about masks is we didn't touch our faces as much now i see people without masks they're touching their noses, they're touching their eyes, and the masks have gone, hand sanitizer has become not as important to people anymore, washing hands seems to have not be as important to people. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and, and I just wonder, you know, just because you're not wearing a mask doesn't mean you have to you, you stop doing all the other stuff. But like you're saying, how does that all play into our general immunity to things? And we need to get a cold every now and then so that you don't get a really bad cold. A little touch of flu doesn't hurt anyone. Is So then you build some immunity so you don't get a really bad flu down the road. But James, I, I don't, the limits? I, I, actually don't, I actually don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but I do have a feeling That's that... That's got to be horrible for you because people are coming to you and they want answers. Doctors know this stuff. And you're going, I don't know. Well, I, I always... I've told you this story many times, but I'll never forget the leading professor in immunology at the time used to be lecturer at our university. And he had many books. One of the books was the one that we studied because it was before the time of just getting everything from the internet. You know, we'd, we'd go in the library and we'd actually pick up the book or, gosh, I mean, I spent a fortune on medical books in university because you had to buy them. Because yeah. um, often the book that you needed was taken out already from the library. And his words were, make your children go and play in the SHIT. Those were his words. Because that is the way that you build your immune system. You want them to be exposed to mud. You want them to be exposed to dirt. You don't want them to develop asthma in the future or other atopic type illnesses. And the only way to do that is by building a solid immune system. Now, whether his take on that has changed, I really don't know. Uh, But that's, that's what I was taught. That's what I've been led to believe. It makes sense to me. And yeah, of course, now we've had a time without masks. And so what's happening as soon as we remove them, there's a surge. Numbers are up again. And where's the line? Like, why is it okay for me to see you at home without my mask, but not see you outside with it? You know, where's the line? Yeah, no, this is, this is a really big, and 
you know, you don't wear masks when you go to a restaurant. You don't wear them in a cafe. As soon as you sit down at the table, masks are off. Whether you've got food and drink, masks are off. And it's just like, where's the line? I tend, if I'm not eating, I put the mask back on. People look at me. And I say, you know what? <laughs> it's what you got And and the problem is, I I still would love to read the research, whether it's coming from who, whether it's coming from CDC, whether it's coming from the NHS, that talks about how this virus spreads. How long does it live in the air? How long does it live on us? How how does our shedding work? Because if we knew more about all that, we could better target our defenses, not the physical defense of getting an antibody and getting boosters and getting vaccinated, but the the secondary defenses of washing airflow, et cetera. I, I mean, it, it seems to I me like there's a lot of... Un- James, I think that information is available. I don't but know who talks about it. <laughs> because the because the virus is still very new, it keeps it's yeah. changing still. So initially, we had a podcast where I told you yeah. very, very, very clearly, this was not an airborne virus, really, it, yeah. because the droplets were so heavy that it would go onto, onto surfaces. And the big risk of how we spread the virus was through our hands, and by touching by things that? where the, the droplets were on and then put them to our face, yeah. that has now been proven not to be correct. And actually, it's much more of an airborne virus than we initially thought. So it keeps changing and everything yeah. is very, very new with it. And I think you know, the virus is clever. It's probably two steps ahead of us. So well, and that's, it's, that, it's evolving. That is probably the best piece of, of journalism I heard early on with an immunologist and a virologist talking about this about viruses, forget about this virus, every virus saying viruses have one job, and one job only, and that is to find weaknesses in our defenses and they find them. And as soon as they find it, they capitalize on it. They exploit it to their benefit. And that's all we keep seeing is we're, we're putting up, you know, we're building a little bit of a dike and they're looking for that. Where's the path? Where can I get through? It's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. Well, they do. They're clever. Like, uh, viruses, bacteria, fungi, they're, they're just the same as us. We're all born to try and survive. And so yeah. they do, they become they become smart, they become wise. I had a patient the other day say, do I really have to complete my course of antibiotics? If I start <laughs> it and I feel better, do I just leave it? Like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Because, it, you know, whatever is in there, whether it be your bacteria or whatever, it's evolving and it's changing and it's becoming smart. So you need to clear that thing. You need yeah. to make sure it is gone. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it will it will come back and and basically bite you on the, the backside. Yeah. No, that's that's such that's good my medical terminology for it. There we go. Bite you on the backside. You don't want to be bit on the backside, Doctor Jenna. <laughs> she's coined that term too. <laughs> for sure. So, so what what are your thoughts on monkeypox? Because I'm thinking everything I've read about monkeypox and everything I've now heard about monkeypox. I'm thinking we've got some dubious journalism with respect. Really? I do. Why I, do you think that? Because I, I don't think, I think there's, I think in, in one context, the journalists who are reading about this from their, their medical sources aren't given all the information. They're given the, the nice information that makes it a little sensational, that's going to sell, that's going to sell newspapers, it's going to get people listening. But when you start looking at, what this particular viral thing is and the way it's spread, it just reminds me of a dermatologist. And we've all been to dermatologists and you go to a dermatologist and they don't touch you. If they don't have to touch you, you'll show them, oh, I've got this, this rash. And all they do is they look at the rash and they'll get close, but not too close. 
And then, you know, hands behind their back. Uh-huh. Mm. Is it itchy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll put on a glove and maybe they'll press and then get rid of that glove. But they're not touching you. And everything I've read about monkeypox is that, that typically this thing gets spread by contact and usually contact with the, the, the sores. I mean, it's, it's that kind of a thing. How it's gotten to some places where people haven't been around others, that's the dilemma, isn't it? And, yeah. and if it, you know, is it kind of like a poison ivy that if you get residue somehow that someone has touched someone somewhere or something, but it's, it's really a close contact thing. And the, the big dilemma is how many people haven't been vaccinated against things like smallpox and other things, which why would they be? Uh, or if no, because we, we stopped doing the vaccinations many years ago because yeah. it was basically eradicated. Yeah. So a whole group. And, and, and so this becomes yet another dilemma. So, but I, I think it, it's, you know, it, it's been really easy to talk in general terms about monkeypox without going into a, a lot more detail about some of the specific specificity without said wrong, but you, you, what, what's specific <laughs> about it. And I think if we did more of that, the fear factor would be gone. And again, what do we got to do? Wash your hands. Don't be touching these things and, and be vigilant. You see someone's stuff. It's like, Hey, doesn't mean you. I mean, monkeypox is a funny one, isn't it? Because unlike COVID, the symptoms are a lot more pronounced in the sense yeah. that you have a visual aid. So it helps with the diagnosis. First of all, you're doing a total disservice to dermatologists. So I need to just interject there. <laughs> Poor dermatologists, even though in medicine we call it derma holiday. Um, you know, I heard this derma holiday, rumor holiday. Um, and it's because it's less inpatient type stuff. It's all very much, you know, relaxed ward round and, and there doesn't tend to be anything acute. It's more long term management of things. However, they do quite a lot of mini surgical procedures. Yeah. So you've got uh, skin cancer. They're often the ones to take it away, but it's too big. It goes to plastics. They remove moles. You know, come on. They, yeah. they are a bit hands-on. Yeah. Second of all, with I like, monkey I, I'm going to, they're, they're a bit. I like that. The, like, they're a bit hands-on. <laughs> Not if they don't have to be, but when, oh, okay, do I really have to get my hands dirty here? All right. I'm like, okay. okay, that's good. I'm glad you clarified that. To be fair, dermatology is really hard because. For sure. I, in fact, it's so funny. I'm on a, a group of British physician mums uh, on Facebook. And I, I'm so what, we all ask each other what, questions what's about that, certain what's cases that, group that are difficult. What's, I want to tag that group in when I post up our podcast. What's that group physicians called? Physicians Mums Group UK. Physicians Mums Group UK. Okay, got it. And what's funny is that we always have to, you know, you can seek permission from patients to say, and often it's family members that we would include, like, look, my mum's got this. I'm not sure how to treat it because you should never really look after your right. your family members anyway. So we'd ask each other's opinion on very easy things um and it's always rashes that come up because it's really hard it's really hard to say that is definitely this is definitely that and often the treatments steroid antihistamines often if you miss something that's that's pretty crucial because it can rashes can be a sign of of something that's going on underneath the surface just like with monkeypox so dermatologists have got a hard job yeah they've had to see so different patients so many different rashes on different skin types as well because it can look different and a friend of mine actually had quite a successful book that he produced over covid which was looking at different skin problems in different colored skin because often you always see it on a typical skin like mine like like white skin but often people have got darker skin and the rash can present totally differently so he did that different skin conditions but 
So that's just a defense in defense of dermatologists. That's that done <laughs> with monkeypox. You're right in the sense that there's been potentially um, some sensitization of it. I don't think I said that correctly either. And you could also accuse that of everything in healthcare that there is always, oh my gosh, look how scary this is when potentially it's not so scary. I love watching 24 hours in A&E and they make a cannula seem like open heart surgery when <laughs> we do a cannula in the outpatient clinic within two seconds, they put the, the music on in the background. And that's why I can't, I can't watch shows like this because it, it infuriates me. Uh, however, monkeypox does seem to have quite a high mortality rate. Yep. I think it's one in 10, which is that fact alone. And if that does prove to be correct going forward, that's quite scary. And I think it is spreading quickly, more quickly than I think they thought it was going to. But the only saving grace is that you can easily identify the patients that have monkeypox and the hope that you can isolate them. But I think it's, again, it's a little bit like COVID was at the beginning where we're still waiting for more information and more data to evolve. So as you said, they said initially, this is going to be spread by touch, but then people are, are popping up in remote areas. So yeah. why is that? So there's still so much more research that need, is needed. I think we need to be vigilant about it. I don't think we need to start talking, stocking up on toilet rolls at this present moment in time. But, you know, it's there. It's clearly spreading. It's spreading across the world. It's spreading in countries it was not expected to spread in. It has got a decent mortality rate attached to it. There is no treatment at the moment. It is viral. It's supportive treatment. And that basically means... If something goes wrong with your kidney, you try and help support. If something goes wrong with your liver, you try and help support where you can. But ultimately, that also means there's going to be a cap on what treatment you can provide at some point. So I think we need to be aware. We need to keep abreast of the news. Just keep looking out for it. Obviously, if you do develop any unusual rashes, you don't go out. Um, keep yourself to yourself and you, you, know, you inform the correct people. So whether that is your local public health authority or whether it's your GP and they do it on your behalf. I always get worried with rashes because you know, we're typically in a household. We share showers. You've got towels. Yeah. You've got face cloths. You've got all sorts of places where things can scratch off and be shared. And it just it's rashes and things are just a worry because you don't even think about it. You know, share a sweater with someone. Oh, here, put on my jacket or here, put this on. I mean, this is at this time of year, people will be laughing because it gets very warm in the UAE where we are. I mean, I Still live in jumpers at this time, James. I, I live in a in a sweater. If I'm in a, in an office, I go to the movies. I my wife was laughing the other day. I took socks with me. I had sandals on, and I took a pair of socks. She said, "You're getting so old." And I said, "Oh my I, gosh, I've always done that. I've done that since I was yeah, a child." I don't want my feet getting cold. This. Exactly, and it it seems yeah. that's even colder. So again, all of those things, though, if I've got a rash around my ankles and I bring a pair, you know, I've got a pair of socks and I just put them on and say, oh, here, you know, someone's like, oh, my feet are cold. Here, I, I got some socks. Just use mine. Boom. I mean, someone, you never know. Have you ever had head lice? Never. Touch wood. Right. Touch wood. So, never had head lice. I think we may have discussed this once in a podcast, but I once got head lice. It was a traumatic experience. So I'm convinced I got it from the airplane. And you ah. don't realize... From the you seats. don't realize how many things that you share until you have to wash everything on a regular basis on a hot wash. They are cushion covers. The upholstery needs cleaning from your couch. And this is the same with, with rashes or anything that could be contagious. Every pillow, every bed sheet, every item of clothing, and <laughs> every hairbrush. That's a little bit different from monkeypox. But, you know, yeah, yeah, if yeah. Um, you yeah. potentially had a hairbrush that's maybe been used on your children, all have to be sterilized. Every towel. 
So yes, and, and you're then, absolutely right. And then you get a bus or a taxi and people are getting in and out. Now those surfaces, <laughs> like you said, with the airplane and then, oh man, I, you never exactly, think about all that's that. that's how these things spread. So you yeah. don't, you don't appreciate it until it happens to you, I think. Yeah, no, that's, that's big. Do, do you think, and I'm just throwing this out there. This is something that the World Health Organization is being say, has been saying since, <coughs> since COVID started. And, you know, pre-COVID and, and then going through it. But just saying, this is the tip of the iceberg. There are more and more viruses and, and such that are breaking through the barriers that we've put in place. <laughs> and and th- this is something we're going to have to get more accustomed to happening do you, do you do you get a sense from what you're seeing and hearing that indeed that could be the case who's gonna who's gonna win humans <laughs> or the viruses and the bacteria yeah um <laughs> i think um i don't know yeah. and i'm certainly not in a position to to pass that judgment <clears throat> i'm sorry i think i told you i had a sore throat today and it's yeah, what's that all about? To we're gonna talk, we're gonna because talk about... maybe James, we've removed our masks out in public places, ah, and now that, I'm catching everything. That, that's it. <laughs> I'm a victim. We're going to talk about your sore throat in a second. What you're doing for it, but but <coughs> it's yeah. going to be a tickle. Um, this is going to be a really great podcast of me coughing <laughs> in the background. Um, we, we've already slagged off. Science. Don't forget, we've slagged off uh, 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 psychiatrists and dermatologists, <laughs> and now you've got a tickle in a cough. So, yeah. <coughs> this, this podcast have to be deleted forever. Um, <laughs> So you have to remember that my job is to see people that come in unwell. So I have a totally, totally warped view of the population. And it's why generally doctors aren't allowed. They have to be trained very specifically in public health because otherwise you see a slanted view. So it would be, I couldn't, I couldn't pass comment because everyone I see is sick. Um, otherwise they wouldn't come and see me. Yeah. Um, maybe sometimes you get people for well health checks or they just come for their cosmetics. That's different. But generally people tend to be ill when they see me or friends reach out to me, usually sick or there's a problem. So I'm not the right person to pass comment. The question is, are viruses evolving? Yes, for sure they are because that is nature. That is how natural selection works effectively and it doesn't just work for humans it's also for other different types of living organisms of which virus is the one but also our our ability to identify them people to present with them also becoming more common and more scientific yeah absolutely so it's like when we talk about ADHD, for instance, I had a conversation with a psychiatrist recently about how ADHD in adults is becoming more prevalent. And we had the debate, is it really more prevalent or are we just testing? Are people becoming more aware? We have social media, we have Professor Google, you know, people are becoming aware of the symptoms and sharing information more. So I don't know. I'm not the right person to answer. Your professor of public health from Canada that you catch up with regularly is probably the right guy to, to answer that question. Right, I've got to talk to Dr. Isaac Bogosh. I've never caught up with him, but I want to, because I think he's, you got to look him up online. That's, he, he's, he's awesome. Uh, maybe we can we get, get him on. I know. I got to, I got to work that. I got to send out a few messages out there and see if I can't connect. He's like the celebrity guy now. So, but, yeah, uh, yeah. he's going to say what? You get left with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, what, what's going on with your, with your throat? What's going on with the cold? What is this? What have you got? Why have you got a cold? Uh, like you should have, um, the, you, should have be, a... what, no, you don't know what it is? 
It's not a cold? I don't think I have a cold. Um, I have seen a few patients this week with viral sore throats. Oh. Often with sore throats, people think, I've got strep throat. Yeah. Or I've got tonsillitis. Yeah. And the reality is that most sore throats tend to be viral and they, they tend to go away on their own. Yeah. And very rarely do you need to have antibiotics. So usually if you've got big white spots on your throat, and I did have tonsillitis actually a few months ago, uh, or an exudate, so or you, you've got multiple fevers, you've totally lost your appetite, um, generally very lethargic and things are getting worse rather than better, then yes, it could be that you, you have a bacterial throat infection. But usually most of them are just viral. So I just need to ride it out, James. It's okay. one of those. So what are you doing? Go uh, ride the hun- wave. Honey and tea, lots of water. What- I always say warm water with honey and lemon yeah. and drink plenty of fluids, uh-huh. um, which I do anyway. And theoretically, it's supposed to rest, but that's also hard in everyday life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Telling a mum of three young children to rest is, is well, it's just it's just nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but, it's not happening. But that's theoretically what you're supposed to do is rest and let your body's immune system be used to attack what it is that you have as opposed to keeping you afloat and running around. Are you, uh, are you, are you powering back on the probiotics? Uh, I should be. Yes. But you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Probiotics are great. Everyone should be taking a multivitamin a day, cod yeah. liver oil tablet or a vegan alternative um, and probiotic, but you need to get good quality. I know. It's so, not, I, I know. I, I only go with one brand of probiotic. I'm very, yeah, you're really funny about your probiotics. Oh yeah. Aren't you? I buy. Okay. I'm, I'm a bio K person all the way because it, and, and part of it is in, again, we, we gravitate towards wherever we're from and in Canada, bio K in the hospitals is prescribed when they give antibiotics. So they will give bio K as well because you kill all the bacteria. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's, so it's probably got a lot If it's, if it's given in the hospital, there will yeah. fundamentally be science and research behind that. Yeah, there's quite a bit of science behind it. it. So it's three strains things. only in, in this thing and they've, they've tested. So I, I love bio K stuff and it's, no, look, it's a premium. You pay for it, but I'm yes. very happy with it. I, I, there's a funny one anecdotally because you know I I I uh, I'm quite into the kombucha world. Of course, the problem with kombucha is there's a lot of sugar in it, but you know that just means you don't drink an entire you know gallon of it at a time. And uh, the other the other day, my wife. She, so I've got my Scoby hotels. So basically, everyone knows that hotels. Well, that's what you call them, right? So you've got this symbiotic thing growing in this liquid you make tea with sugar and then you add some water with it and you have this this thing a scoby a bacteria kind of like a mushroom really that grows in that and you just keep putting it back in and it grows more layers and so this is right now in the uae in my kitchen on a normal day with air conditioning it's probably about in fahrenheit about 84 degrees on the counter at an outside wall which is perfect for my SCOBY and the SCOBY is that thing that grows and the, the container call it a SCOBY hotel because they just get more and more. So I've now got two because I just feel bad throwing them away. So I just keep, keep them growing. <laughs> so you just keep them going. I keep them going. I throw away some of the liquid because I just can't consume it all, but I, I've got these SCOBYs. And the other day my wife's looking in, she goes, it's all white on the top is I think, is, is that okay? And I'm, and clearly, cause I have these little covers on the top. So it's just, it's just like a, if you were like a preserve cover. So it's just a piece of cloth so that it's open to the air, but you don't get anything flying in. If there's a fruit fly or dust, it doesn't land in top. And so I had, I had it flapped up a little bit. So you didn't see, and she, and it, it always goes white on top. Like that's 
the SCOBY growing each time. Ugh. And she goes, she goes. I know I, it's good for you and it's really healthy, etc. But oh, still, it's man. I, I, you know, it's it's one of those things. Probiotics is is a long term thing, and like you said, whether it's your kimchi or your your sauerkrauts, of course they can't be sterilized. If they've been sterilized, it does you no good. Uh, your fresh juices, again, if they've been sterilized, it does you no good. But all of these things work with probiotics, and this, and and it, it it's a long term thing. So. Someone says, oh, I, you know, I had a cup of kombucha. I don't feel any different. It's like, well, go for a month. You know, have, yeah. you, you know, have your eight ounces, eight ounces a day for a month and let me know how you're feeling or two months and let me know how your stomach is. And so people say, well, what, what's up with you? I said, I don't, I don't have any acid reflux these days. Whereas before, now look, I've cut back a little bit on some of the things that used to give me acid reflux, but here's a great example. Peanut butter in the past, uh, a year ago, if I put peanut butter on my toast, good luck. An hour later, it would be like, oh what's going on but now a little bit of peanut butter on the toast once a week or twice a week i don't have any i don't have any issues and i put Everyone it down wants results too quickly that's yeah. the thing so, and that's a big problem so anyway yeah well it is because it's it's um i can't remember there is a quote about it but it's like what you do every day not what you do one off that's yeah. the that will change you so like for instance having one really terrible meal of whatever it is is fine if generally you eat pretty yeah. healthy but likewise, it's the other way around. If you eat dreadfully and then you have a salad, it's not going to change your health just because you had that one salad. It has to be where you have to eat vegetables, fruits, yeah. salads on a regular basis. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, we need to do a podcast or you need to do a podcast entirely on kombucha because you're so passionate about it, James. I love my kombucha. I, you know, and it's just I find it fun just making the stuff. You know, even if I throw half of it away, just pour it down the drain. It's just, okay, what have we got here? And, and I flavor it all. So it's then the flavor process and it's fun. It's just fun. Do you feel guilty throwing it away when it's a living thing? Uh, I throw the liquid away. I keep the, that's why I have two hotels now. And right. I, I actually, probably a year ago, I separated them. So I took half of them away and threw them. I felt kind of bad throwing half of them into the garden. And then you drink the other, you drink the other well, stuff. No, you, yeah, I drink, I drink the liquid I bottle and then that, that, that SCOBY, you just pull it out. I put it in a holding tank while I'm you know, a holding bowl with some of the liquid while I'm doing stuff. And then you just put it back on top and it does the job. I mean, you just have to be, be nice to it and it does, <laughs> does the job. <laughs> as long as, you know, as long as there's sugar in the tea that you make this tea mixture and the, the different teas change the way it works. So a pure green tea or a black tea, which again, it's all from the same leaves, but how, you know, the, the, how, how that those leaves have been dried totally change the way your kombucha tastes. So, and then how long you let it, how long you let it sit has also has an impact on it. So it's, it's, it's a fine art, a fine art, the world of kombucha. Well, a fine art that I should be leaving you to do. <laughs> I, I totally admire it. And I, I've heard so many doctors speak so, so positively about kombucha. But for whatever reason, just from a personal perspective, the thoughts of this thing growing, I don't know, it kind of freaks me you out. You don't see it but, in a cup, though. It's not like you have it sitting in the cup and you peel it off. and Just imagine it waving to me. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you know, but um, maybe like, I need to, I say that I do buy the drinks, which I know is not as good as making your own. As, look, as long as they haven't been sterilized, and that's the big thing. And I always go back to, there's, you know, it's, it's like juicing. I'm a big juicer. Juice every day. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, juice and fruit juice in the morning is bad for you. The sugars, I'm going, it's not like I'm drinking a gallon of the stuff. And B, there's a lot less sugar in my fruit juice than the stuff you're buying off the counter. And I can tell you what's in my fruit juice and, and it hasn't been sterilized. So I drink it right away 
And that first mm-hmm. 30 minutes of a fresh juice is the sweet spot because that's where the enzymes live. So not only are you getting the vitamins, but you've got enzymes. And that's what our science community hasn't been able to figure out how to put into the fruit juice bottles after is they can put the vitamins, but they can't figure out the enzymes. You know, James, we've talked about your retirement plan. <laughs> Sound therapist? Ah, oh, yeah. Play therapist. I've realized it's a naturopath. That's what you need to do. Maybe. That's, that's going to be your retirement plan for sure. I can see it now. Uh, maybe. You know what? You might... Actually, you'd be really good. Like it's Because um, there is, I think generally as a healthcare community, we are turning our attention more to natural ways that we can help people. Uh, and anything you do naturally is going to be better than just popping a pill. For uh, sure. Uh, I'm absolutely sure. Um, and I think there is so much that we could learn from things like you're, you're saying, because it's not something that's taught in medical school and it absolutely should Maybe. to an extent be. Yeah. It was, it was a funny one. I was, again, Jason Vale, the juice master. If you want to follow him online, just look the juice master up and he does juicy, everything to do with juice. He, Jason Vale, a guy out of the UK, fantastic. And he does juicy oasis. He does these retreats and Portugal and Spain and Turkey. He's got all these things he's set up. He's quite, quite an entrepreneur. But I was watching one of his juice videos because, you know, every now and then you want to see, well, what have I got to be thinking about and whether it's what, and, and, he, and it was a great one because he said, people always ask him, which juicer should I buy? And, and his thing is, which juicer are you going to use? So yeah. if you've got a juicer and you're going to use it every day, that's the juicer for you. And he said, slow press, hard press. He says, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, does not make a difference. It, it said, yeah, there's slightly different. And, 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 yeah. But are you going to use it every day? Are you going to consistently juice? Because if you're not, that's not the juicer for you. And, and I, always, I always come back to him because I juice every day, twice a day, and green. And so I do green juices. I do lots of veggie juices. And then I do my fruit juice. And I'm still using the same juicer this guy recommended like 12 years ago. And it hasn't died on me. And I'd say, they don't even make it anymore, clearly, because the thing was just too good. And so I, I always thought, oh, I want to get this nice masticating juice. So that's the one that presses instead of, I can't kill mine. I've tried everything. It just keeps going. So, I'm, You know, this is so typical of our human psychology, isn't it? It's like someone wants to learn to exercise. They want to get the best personal trainer. Yeah. They want to know what's the absolute best exercise for fat loss and keep fit, rather than just getting on and just doing something. So as yeah. you saying... Just get, you need, if, if juicing is the way that you want to get your fruits and vegetables, just get on and get your do juicer it. and get matter. your blender. It doesn't have to be the best. I think you need the blender too. So I, it, you got to have a good blender and a decent juicer. And if, as, long as, as soon as you got your little, your liquids corner of your kitchen, you're good to go. <laughs> Thanks, James. We have to, we have to do a podcast on this for sure. Yeah, we should do one where we just, we make a few up and we, you can try them. And, and, <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. A juicing tasting session yeah. for sure. I mean. I mean, and you know, if you pour a little bit of kombucha in, into the mix, you don't even know you're drinking it. I sometimes do that. I, I surprise people yeah. with stuff. They say, what is this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> rather than we've been talking about James's one day future retirement plan. I think rather than having an alcohol beach bar in the Caribbean, you should have a one of these bar. kombucha juice yeah. bars. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. A little bowl session on the side. Yeah. We're good to go. <laughs> a retreat, a retreat, James, as it were. <laughs> Oh man, Jenna, we we've only we've only it's just so much fun. we've just only basically got started on this list, but I'm 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 mindful of the time because you've got the kids in the background 
And you can probably hear them. Yeah. In fact, one was just about to break into this room a second ago and I was a little on edge <laughs> that they were going to uh, <laughs> to break the door down but and march in. The, the last thing I want to ask you is how, how are the Dr. Florence videos going? Uh, well, actually, we took a little brief pause because I'm trying to change my editor. Okay. And we've got, we're doing head, shoulders, knees and toes this week at Oli Oli. Uh-huh. Um, however, rather than just doing head, shoulders, knees and toes, we're going to be learning about the bones of the body. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Um, so we've got, we've got two in the pipeline at the moment. Where do we find them? On YouTube, Dr. Florence? Yeah, dog, dog to... Florence, Dog to Florence. Um, and yeah, and on, and on the gram. Okay. On its, One day I will also get onto TikTok, which I keep being advised to do. TikTok is where you need to be. Everyone's saying it, James. What's going on? I'll get on the, I'll get on the, get the talk on, of ticks. Yeah. Get on the TikTok. And you know, I think Dr. Florence going up against people like, uh, you know, King Clarence and and all these other dogs that are out there. I think Dr. Oh, she's got it. This yeah, dog, she's, she's got, got it for it. sure. She's got, got it for it. sure. She's got the star quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because I'm a little bit biased and she's my dog. Uh, maybe, but I, I think you're, she, she's got her own show. So I mean, there we go. It's as simple as that. The Americans seem to be really liking Florence. I have okay. to say they are the most people that watch the videos and uh, follow on, on the gram. There you go. So it's TikTok. You got to get on the TikTok. That's got to be part of. Maybe I'll make that my homework for this week. Let's just try one. Do you do you have a TikTok account set up for Dr. Florence? So no. set up, set up a second profile. Come on, it's that simple. And just I'll do it. I'll do it. I promise. I'm. I'm. And I'm just converted. start. Just start. It's I'm easy. telling you about starting to exercise, don't introduce. I need to start with the TikToks. And there we go. And you know what that is? That is the end of a great podcast, Jenna. This is a lot of fun. As always. Thanks so much, James. It's been nice to assume sphere with you. Well, you know what? We're going to do it again really soon. Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton. All the information about your health and well-being that you were afraid to ask about is what you get here. We got more stuff on our list coming up, and I'm looking forward to that next time around. Although, you never know where we're going to go. It's it's wild and wacky mixed world. Bag. of pot. Yeah, the mixed bag. So we're going to do <laughs> Keep following us. Go and have a listen to the other Doc Talk podcast. You can find us online. And we'll be back doing this again really, really soon. I'm James Pikeaway. That's Dr. Jenna Burton. Thanks for listening. Bye.